we're so excited to tell you about Podcorn. We've told you about Podcorn in the past, but we love them so much that we're here to tell you about them again. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there's no middle woman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. We did just this. We browsed sponsorship opportunities. We found Podcorn. We applied. And now we're running this ad. If you have a podcast and you're looking to make some cash, we recommend Podcorn. The marketplace mission of Podcorn is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when they monetize their podcasts. Click the link in the show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Thanks, Podcorn. Welcome to Counter Programming. <laughs> I'm Shira. And I'm Arielle. And this is your COVID 19 distraction podcast where we talk about all things count and counter. We've been at this for more than a year now. Mm-hmm. And if you've been following our journey, we appreciate you so very much. Counties, we are in season two of Counter Programming, and we have had episodes on your favorite counts and countesses on numbers and counting and other mathematical things. We've had episodes on the civic system and how your vote counts. We are here today to continue our counting trend. Shira, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about Sophie, Countess of Wessex. I'm really excited about this episode because my only, my limited knowledge of the monarchy is based on the crown, which is historical fiction, I would say. And so it was interesting to research this a little more. Would I say that I fully understand the system? No, no, I don't. No, you can't be expected to. And yeah, this kind of takes me back. I binged The Crown in like a very short amount of time. I loved it. It was great. And they don't go up to quite modern times. They go up to the 90s with Princess Diana. And so what I found myself doing a lot of the time while watching The Crown was that I would have The Crown up in front of me, (laughs) but then I would have my phone and Wikipedia next to me and being like, did Charles really do that? Are his ears really that big? (laughs) And so this kind of brought me back because I was like Googling things about The Crown again. Uh, The real crown, the crown. You have, the issue with watching The Crown is it's a show where you really have to focus, like you have to watch it, but so then you have to pause to do all this research to know what's going on and then find podcasts on it, as I know we have both done, and yeah, go deep. But we haven't gotten to the point in The Crown where they're talking about Sophie yet, so this was a new character for us. Very excited to dive into the world of Sophie, Countess of Wessex. Before we do, counties, a little housekeeping for you, just what's going on in the counter-programming kitchen, the counter, if you will. <laughs> So last week we had an episode with Every Day is a Food Day, a crossover episode. We hope you enjoyed that. We talked about county fairs, which was a really nice crossover between anything with the word count or counter in the title, and Every Day is a Food Day's Love, which is food. We just want to make sure if you liked what you heard that you subscribe to Every Day is a Food Day. And while they just launched season two, we are nearing the end of our season. So make sure, go back in the archives, you listen to everything from season two, and stay tuned. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows what? (laughs) We're not going to promise anything. We're feeling tired, as I'm sure many of you are, counties, with 
I don't know, everything that's happened in the past year and some change with this pandemic. But we are definitely available. Shira, as we always say, is a stand-up comedian, and she's going to start making the rounds again. We have a lot of field trips that we promised you throughout mm-hmm. our, our two seasons, county or counter-related field trips to things with the word counter, counter in the title. And so what we're going to do, we promise, is go through and figure out which ones of those are feasible, and we'll make some New York-based outings, and we hope you can join us. I love that plan. I mean, we did say, at first we said we'd go until the pandemic ended, and then we thought that would be four weeks, so Mm. (laughs) minor confusion on our part, our bad. Then we said we'd go until, we'd continue the podcast until everyone was vaccinated, and we are, God willing, nearing that moment. So I think phase two of counter-programming is counter-programming on the go, which is our field trip offshoot. Yes, yes. Counter-programming in the wild. <laughs> in the so. wild. Damn, that's better. <laughs> well, I like yours more. Counter-programming. I don't know. We, we can... We'll work counter- up. Sidebar. Yeah. <laughs> sidebar, sidebar. And with that, counties, thank you for checking in with us. We are now going to head on over to the UK, where we meet Sophie, Countess of Wessex. What's cool about this episode, counties, is that we are playing off of some of the knowledge that we gained in last week's episode by understanding what a count is, by using the British peerage system. And if you want to learn more about that, we recommend you check back in your episode archive from two weeks ago. The episode is called, What the Heck is a Viscount? I have to say, the research was made much easier knowing what I know from our last episode about the peerage system. I would have been very confused. Well, no confusion here today, but counties, if you're confused, let's break it down for you. Shira, who is Sophie, Countess of Wessex? So Sophie, her original name was Sophie Helen Reese jones and she is married to Prince Edward, who is the youngest son of Queen Elizabeth. And he's also the Earl of Wessex, which... I looked this up because I was wondering why there's no female equivalent of Earl. Hmm. It's Countess. But I had to know, like, why is it not Erla or Erlis or whatever? Erla. And and when I looked it up, the, the search result just said a female equivalent never emerged. So it kind of gets equated to Count. See, this is what I mean. I just, it's really confusing. And there's no need. Yeah. No need at all. This whole peerage system, it's too much. It's too much. Well, Sophie was born in 1965, and as we said, she is currently married to Prince Edward, who is potentially the least problematic of the four children of the Queen and Prince Philip, RIP, just a few days ago. Yes. She grew up in Kent, England, and went to college and trained as a secretary, and then began working in PR, that's public relations, and eventually opened her own agency, which... I did not know that she... Major girl boss. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Girl boss vibes. Yeah, I didn't know that either. It's cool when they have a past where they actually had to work for a living. Diana did as well. However, Diana got married so young that, you know, she was not working in such a a leadership capacity and really creating a a profession and name for herself. Right, right. But... Sophie, Countess of Wessex, and I feel like I'm just always going to refer to her in her full title. She met Edward of the royal family in 1987. They started dating a while later, and then they got married a few years after that. 
Well, Sophie and Edward have two kids who are 13th and 14th in line for the throne, which is pretty distant. But yeah, unlikely. Closer than we are. I hope they're uh, they're not holding out any hope for that. (laughs) I would say don't hold your breath, kids. Yeah, and as people grow up and have kids, they become even more distant from the throne. So mm-hmm. definitely, not. I'm not holding out hope for Sophie Countess of Wessex and the Earl of Wessex's children. But in 2002, Sophie Countess of Wessex closed her business interests and she started working full-time for the royal family. But she continues to be a major patron of lots of charities. And as a working member of the royal family, she goes to over 200 engagements a year. It's nuts. She visits schools. She visits universities. She visits military bases. It seems like she's just always doing, I don't know, maybe more than ribbon-cutting ceremonies, but it's probably a lot of that, too. She's still a major girl boss. That's a lot of events to go to, and you have to be really... You have to be on all the time at those events. It's not like you can sit at a desk and be like, I'm tired. Right. You gotta gotta have a nice outfit on. You gotta charm the people. Now that we know a little bit about who Sophie Countess of Wessex is... Let's talk about why she's not a duchess. Her husband is an earl. Why isn't she an earla? (laughs) Well, she's not an earla because that doesn't exist. But this was something I was actually really excited to research in preparation for this episode. So I went to the dark web and I typed in, aka the second Google search, I typed in, why isn't Sophie a duchess? Simple. Just ask my question to Google. And then I, I received this wonderful article from Showbiz Cheat Sheet and It told me, at first, this part is very simple. Sophie isn't a duchess because Edward didn't want to be a duke. So at first, you're like, okay, he's not a duke, so she's not a duchess. I got it. But you're like, wait, he didn't want to be a duke? What does that mean? Yeah, and why would you not want to be a duke? Because as we said in our episode about the British peerage system, in the weird made-up world of hierarchies of humans, dukes are higher than earls. Exactly. So this, this, to me, shocked me to my core. On their wedding day, they were supposed to become the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. But Edward <laughs> opted not to become a Duke and instead to become an Earl because he wanted to be Earl of Wessex based on a character from Shakespeare in Love. Imagine at the altar, he was about to become the Duke and she was about to come become the Duchess. And then he was like, actually, hold up. Before you knight me or tell me that I'm the Duke, and I believe they get their peerage titles at their weddings. Before you do that, I actually saw this movie recently, and I'd rather become the Earl of Wessex. So please make that change. (laughs) And then Sophie, I wonder if he talked to Sophie beforehand, being like, look, I know you thought you were getting Duchess, but how do you feel about Countess? Or if he was just like, this is what I want. Or how do you feel, more importantly, how do you feel about Earla? Like, I'm sorry you can't be an Earla, but... You're going to be a countess. Uh, well, fun news. Sherelle, you, you tell them the fun news. One fun thing I did find, actually this whole story is fun to me, but his subsidiary title is Viscount Severn. And we learned about subsidiary titles and that often Viscounts are secondary titles. So that's exciting. So his mom, as we were talking about, his mom, Queen Elizabeth, granted this wish And that meant that Sophie would need to be a countess to match his peerage because of made-up title things. So once I find that, I found all that on Showbiz Cheat Sheet, I have to go on, like, a deeper dive to understand, like, A, is that a kind of like a fictionalized story of what actually happened? But it seems like there were multiple accounts that say something along those lines happened. And so then I found a little bit more information, because at first I thought it was, like, because of his 
like rank in the family that that's why he was lower. Obviously it isn't. But on his wedding day, the queen and Prince Philip promised Edward that when Prince Philip died, Edward would become the Duke of Edinburgh, which is what Prince Philip was. Right. Technically, though, that title is automatically transferred to Charles. And I say automatically transferred in quotes because what does that mean? Right. Um, By the internet? Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) by God? (laughs) Okay. Automatically transferred. Anyways, it's transferred to Charles automatically. So, obviously— That's rude. He was promised something that that they were never going to deliver on? So, no, no, no. He was promised it, but— I think they might have assumed Charles would be king by then. But basically what's going to happen, from what this Washington Post article said, was that even though he was promised it, Edward will likely not become the Duke of Edinburgh until after the Queen dies and Charles becomes king. But he worked really closely with Prince Philip on a lot of the charities that are associated with the Duke of Edinburgh in preparation for this title. So they definitely are planning to give it to him. It's just that Charles automatically receives it upon his father's death. Thankfully, though, unfortunately, Prince Philip just died recently. So thankfully, it did automatically transfer to Charles. Otherwise, what would this episode even have been about? (laughs) (laughs) I know. We have done, Ariel. (laughs) Again, we are topical without meaning to. I don't know how we did this. We, I think we have some kind of ESP that we did this two episodes in a row, and now they're both, like, mainly in the news. It's pretty impressive on our part, because we planned this season run in January. So, props to us. Shout out! (laughs) I want to do a little geographic orientation for folks, because... Mm, Thank you. Yes, of course. Because, you know, when we talk about Cambridge, when we talk about... Wales, those are all places that I can picture. I cannot picture Wessex. So I needed to look up where was Wessex. I and always defer to you for geography. So please enlighten me. Didn't even bother yeah. looking it up. I knew you'd tell me. <laughs> Happy to be here. Happy to put the geography degree to some use, even if it's in a podcast <laughs> that <laughs> makes a few dollars here and there. <laughs> so this is what you dreamed of when you went away to school, right? That is correct. So the kingdom of West Saxons Mm. was an Anglo-Saxon kingdom in the south of Great Britain from the year 519 until England was unified in 927. So I just Googled, is Wessex, and then it filled it in for me, is Wessex still a place? Which is is really the question of the hour because, I mean, here's what we get from Britannica.com. Wessex, one of the kingdoms of Anglo-Saxon England, whose ruling dynasty eventually became kings of the whole country, the land, in what history knows of as Wessex, it approximated that of the modern counties of Hampshire, Dorset, Wiltshire, and Somerset. So according to this, Wessex is no longer a place, but more of a historical place. Okay, that's helpful to know. At times, the land of Wessex extended to the River Thames and eventually expanded westward to cover Devon and Cornwall. The name Wessex is an elision of the English form of West Saxon. So a little bit of geographic orientation for you folks. We are dealing with Wessex, the Earl of Wessex, the Countess of Wessex, which today is not really a place, more of a historical place, probably somewhat uh, of a pride thing to call yourself the Earl or the Countess of Wessex because it has to do a lot with the history of England. 
So let's take that and run, Shira. Sophie, Countess of Wessex, now fast-forwarding a couple millennia. <laughs> Sophie, Sophie, Countess of Wessex, has been in the news recently. As we said, we truly have an uncanny ability to predict the future. And just two days ago, I guess as of today, three days ago, The Guardian published an article, and this was the title, Sophie and Edward, colon, what key role after death of Prince Philip could mean. So the gist of the article, everyone, is that Sophie is held in high esteem by the Queen and the late Duke of Edinburgh. She was the one who was sanctioned to speak to the media and was the royal who visited Windsor Castle the most in the wake of Prince Philip's death. I think some of that relates to her PR background. So, And she's been a royal for longer than a lot of the other working royals. Like, Kate is, is newer. Um, you know what's nuts, though? Diana was never—it's just crazy to contrast this with the way Diana was treated. Yes. Man. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. She, was, she is very much held in high esteem by the Queen and by Prince Philip, and so she's the one who's been seen a lot communicating with the press about how the Queen and the family are grieving um, the Duke of Edinburgh. There is speculation from a lot of royal experts and the British press that the Wessexes, Wessexim, <laughs> the Wessexims, <laughs> will play a larger role in the royal family now that the Sussexes, as in Harry and Meghan, have Sussexim, Sussexim, have stepped down, and Prince Andrew has also stepped back due to some of his allegations. Yes, so they're Smurf. they're kind of running out of working royals right now and so actually the article said there is a dearth of royals to cover the engagements and events that the royal family is required to attend i just like the word dearth and so people expect that sophie will be asked to step up just because she's really good with the press it seems like the british people really like her and the queen also likes her an interesting fact that i think kind of relates to why the queen and prince philip like her is Edward and Sophie are the only one of the Queen's children who aren't divorced. And given that the whole idea of the monarchy is that they're this model family, again in quotes, a non-divorced couple most exemplifies that. Obviously, that is an outdated standard, and that is based on a quote from royal author Penny Juner that is not based on Sherrod Ariel's opinion (laughs) about divorce, but I do think, based on watching The Crown, that that lines up, and that doesn't surprise me that they are held in just higher regard by the royal family, and that's that they're the couple that's still working with the royals that they want to hold up i guess it takes me back to that episode of the crown where the queen uh you know which one i'm gonna say exactly yeah keep going where where she wants to figure out who her favorite child is (laughs) and then she doesn't really like any of them she hates them yeah that episode was pretty it was like one of those slow moving ones but it was really hard to watch like it yeah it was sad at least prince philip could admit that he liked anne the most oh he was so transparent about it it was so good (laughs) he's like yeah of course i have a favorite Yeah, well, it should be exciting. I think we'll see a lot more of Sophie in the coming weeks and months and years, and we'll, as a public, get to know her more. I'm obviously, I love the Sussexes, but excited that we explored the Wessexes more. 
And another thing is that they have a million names because they have their birth names and then they have their royal names. And then, like, for example, Queen Elizabeth has, like, six names and they're all, like, Regina, Elizabeth, Martha, Maria. Isn't there an episode of The Crown where she is first becoming queen and they want her to pick her, like, her queen name and she's like, my name's Elizabeth and that will be my queen name. Yeah. But that that also is... (laughs) An old yeah, name. That exactly. is a, a name of royalty. I'm going to Google that, actually. Yeah. Oh, weird. Queen Elizabeth's full name is Elizabeth Alexandra Mary Windsor. <laughs> so many names. The whole system is really confusing to me. But I feel like we cracked the code here today at Counter Programming. And we, we hope you agree. <laughs> <laughs> if we have any listeners in the UK, I feel like they might be horrified by this. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) It just came over me. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. Yeah, so (laughs) if you are extremely offended, we've done our job. Please hit us up on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, uh, whether it's with compliments or issues that you're taking with us. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we'll see more of Sophie Countess of Wessex in The Crown season five. And then Arielle and I will be fully equipped experts and we'll do a a rerun. Yeah, we'll be back. It's always a good day for us at Counter Programming when something with the word count or counter makes it to the news because it means that we have more content to talk about. So again, counties, like we said, season two may be ending soon, but... We can always be called back in from from our early retirement if there's a great counter-counter that comes up. So please do keep us in mind when anything pops up for you. And we'll keep counting and we'll keep searching for counts. Don't you worry. Yeah, and it's not over yet. So stop crying. It's fine, Ariel. <laughs> okay, so Shira, where can they find us if they want to yell at us on Instagram? If you want to yell at us on Instagram or send us love notes, you can find us at Counter Programming Pod. And Shira, who can we thank for the beautiful noises that everybody's hearing as they're listening? You can thank our incredible engineer, Daniel Turek, who makes this episode sound so beautiful. And you can find his work at robotslap.com. That's right. And Shira, who can they thank for the music that they're dancing to? You can thank Jason Shaw for writing this wonderful song we like to call, and also he calls, Tennessee Hayride. All right, that's it, counties. We'll catch you next week. Happy listening, and stay safe. Bye. Bye, Ariel. Bye, Shira. Bye, counties. Bye, counties. (laughs) 